0: Actually today what I'm celebrating is I got a new haircut. It it's, is super cute. And I am like loving it so much. I think I look great. Welcome to Pursuing Call, a place where we explore what God is up to in our lives so that we can participate in God's mission for the world. Find out more at pursuingcall.com. Let's get started. Welcome back to another week's episode of Pursuing Call with me, your host, Tamara Plummer. I am so grateful that you are taking the time to listen to this episode. I left you all on a cliffhanger and then life got really hectic. And so this part two of the conversation with Alexis Roan is a little late, but I have edited part two and part three and they will come out sequentially so that they are on time. I apologize for the delay. This week we continue our conversation with Alexis where we talk about curating spaces and curating how we show up in those spaces and creating authentic spaces of acceptance and welcome in ways that go beyond your typical diversity 101 uh, space. And if you are someone who facilitates, creates workshops, this episode is for you. Um, and then next week we'll finish up with some practical conversations again. We're going to end at a cliffhanger, uh, but we're going to talk practical skill and implementation, uh, next week. So this week we continue our conversation, no need for further delays and no conversation at the end. Thank you so much for joining me. If you want to be interviewed, I am have one more interview left in the bank, so If anybody wants to talk to me, I'm happy to talk to you. I hope you'll share your story by emailing Tamara at pursuingcall.com. That's T-A-M-A-R-A at P-U-R-S-U-I-N-G-C-A-L-L.com. Hope to see you on the flip side. Bye-bye.
1: Last summer, I uh, produced, directed um, my two-act play called Ancient of Ways, for colored girls who've considered Ifa when Jesus came up short. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a, a interfaith love story, mm-hmm. but it's also a dance and drumming production. And it always felt, even when I was writing it, it felt too big for like a traditional theater. Mm-hmm. And so I kept going about like, okay, this is supposed to be outside. It's supposed to be outside. And so I went to this one amphitheater, my prayer garden, they have an amphitheater mm-hmm. and, um, I made a, you know, I submitted a proposal and they greenlit the proposal, but the person who was supposed to let me know, didn't let me know. And so I didn't realize that they had said I could host it there. And so I went in search of something else and I found, um, a historic, uh, location. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the St. Agnes Hospital. Mm-hmm. It's located on the grounds of, uh, St. Augustine's University here in Raleigh, North Carolina, one of the HBCUs. Mm-hmm. And St. Agnes Hospital is now just a shell of a, of a building, but it used to be where they trained like 90% of all black nurses who went to World War II trained at St. Agnes. Mm. It was the only black hospital between New Orleans and DC Shoot. Uh, up until like 1960, <laughs> right? Wow. Um, and um, there is such a rich history of healers and um, experiences in that space that carry that narrative and it's gated off and um i would just go and park and i'd be like I, I i'm supposed to be i'm supposed to be here so finally i just when i was waiting on that other you know group mm-hmm. to let me know and they, they they didn't let me know in enough time they had already greenlit but the person didn't didn't tell me something I'm and i'm i'm still in search of another spot so i go over there uh meet the um the chief of police first and then i meet the the chief of staff or the president and then i meet the president mm-hmm. everybody has greenlit this project and so um i then go about staging it and it was very interesting to go to a space and to honor it to mm-hmm. um to bless it uh, to realize that uh, while others might see a shell of its own glory because it's still a beautiful shell it's mm-hmm. like the masonry is just like oh chef's kisses now it's empty like it's it's literally hollowed out
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so I built um the or not that was my backdrop and I would hold the performances um at sunset mm-hmm. uh, and then I built a theater on the lawn and I lit the space with lawn lines and I invited people to bring your wine baskets, your food baskets, your mm-hmm. uh they had meditation pillows out, like the it was like people, I'm like, come and see. Uh mm-hmm. the sit on the lawn. Come like, come on, family, let's um, uh, let's uh, let, let's take this all in. Mm-hmm. All of that to say, I am very particular about what the history of a space is, what the space accommodates, what the space invites. And it's something that I believe my being spiritually intuitive um, gives me, um, I don't know, just a, a greater sense of, um, of how beautiful and of how powerful uh, that is and how it can be. And I, 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 I not until you, the way you framed it. Mm-hmm. was a thing that helped me to see that like this is something that I've been doing for some times because there are a lot of times that other folks will you know if they'll invite me to their church you know to do something you know they'll hear Jesus and they're like, oh, we'll come do to our church, okay yeah. yeah I'm gonna go with well, no let me market. go to your
0: church first and see what happens. Well actually and I I, and I I
1: tend like... to, well you know, but I tend to just say no in general and the reason why I say no in general or or I, or I have not yet found. No, I take that back. One church in, in Phoenix, Arizona. It was actually my first ministry assignment out of out of seminary, out of Fuller Seminary. Um, a, a church in downtown Phoenix. Uh, but that's the ethos. Like they do all of the the quote uh religiously ratchet things. Right? Okay. <laughs> yeah, Jesus shot do Jesus, Jazz, on the dirt, one there, But it but it includes like all of the things. It's like there is no, you know, it's like we are not right. the space for somebody who needs like a Mount Moriah missionary, you know, no. holy yeah, yeah, temple. Yeah. Of, of like they have their ethos, but this particular church had their ethos too. So, uh, so I I have to take that back. I, I have done it at, at at that church, but I've not done it at at other churches. And and the other reason why is because I want to um, be sure that people realize that. Those four walls are not the space that everyone is running into. As a matter of fact, a lot of times people um, resist that yeah. space, um, yeah. you know, for a lot of different reasons. And so I'm like, okay, uh, I can uh, curate uh, a space anytime for this, you know, any space for this particular thing. Um, I, I look for those those intentional spaces, and 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 I'm always mindful of the person who um, is hesitant to go into a four walls because there are four walls, you know, on on a lot of different corners, Um, but there's not um, spiritually intuitive uh, open spaces uh, where people could just kind of come and explore safely and, um, you know, dip out if it's not for them, but, you know, uh, embrace this this mysterious thing that they've just kind of stumbled onto and, and then be better for it.
0: Just interrupting that, I am going to spoil Best Man final chapter for the next six to seven minutes. Bye. It, it makes me think about uh, did you watch the Best Man final chapter series? Oh,
1: listen. Every single, and as a matter of fact, I keep replaying the second chapter and the last chapter.
0: Okay. Because yeah. I have this, mo- it's making me think about this moment and I actually really appreciate so spoiler alert to people who have not watched this because we're going to talk about, it. but in the <laughs> final episode, my thank you, uh, Makita, for letting me borrow your uh, iPad so I could watch it. <laughs> and I watched it from 8 PM to two o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: I binged it too. I did mine. I, I binged on Christmas, uh, Christmas day.
0: Yeah. It was mm-hmm, so yeah. good. Um, but the last episode so often in black shows there's like this way in which if they because I have not given up completely on institution but I don't think that God lives only in our institutions and I think uh, those four walls often limit people's capacity to feel safe right um, absolutely because they've been harmed so much at the door
1: and because the four walls have a lot of fucking rules they have is a lot okay. of rules yeah they so you're like am I in, I in violation like I don't know if you know yeah right so, can I drop it,
0: it like it's hot right now can I do splits there it is Stop absolutely out. uh-huh like, it's yeah uh-huh there's a lot of limitations Fun. but but what I loved about the last scene where that dad gets to have this moment with his trans son oh my goodness or trans in child Trans child Trans in, was in the church in the church and was like, Absolutely. Thanks absolutely
1: be to god <laughs> yes and do you know what I what I really and I have goosebumps even thinking about that because one of the issues that I had now again this is me recognizing that everyone is taking their faith journey and we are all growing and um, constructing deconstructing you know or, you know on and on the uh, uh, the the first birth best man the, uh, the first best man movie one of the things that um I took issue with but it's the kind of thing that I used to take issue with quite a bit at that point it was the way that storytellers would depict uh, black Christians as hypocrites. Mm. So Mm -hmm. Lance, uh, so the standard is, you know, no sex before marriage, right? Right. And every time Lance would, you know, uh, not have, like anytime he would cheat on Mia, you know, first thing he'd do, hey, look, you know, uh Isaiah one, you know, right. Uh, like let me play about like yeah. you know, and, and 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 these are repentance prayers right. that he's taking him through. And so you're watching not repenting
0: because he's cheating, repenting because he's having sex before.
1: you. know, but, <laughs> but 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 it was but it always felt like such a mockery. And so they kept yeah, trying yeah. to say that like Lance is this like genuinely deep, you know, committed, you know, believer. I was yeah. like, no he's not. I was no, like, he's That's not. A like, you know, yeah. And so I would get annoyed because I felt like what uh, the writer was saying was, ain't like, none of that shit y'all doing real. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah y'all do yeah, it. And then yeah, y'all yeah. repent and y'all sorry. And, you know, yeah. you get your Bible and all of that. And so, yeah. so it felt particularly particular way. So, uh, so, that uh so I had that issue, first movie, which is why the last uh, chapter,
2: mm-hmm. this final
1: chapter was so powerful for me because it was as if, uh, and perhaps to the writer, perhaps to Malcolm,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: the church had redeemed itself mm-hmm. by being relevant in spaces where there was no other place for this trans person to run to. Gr- to.
0: Yes, yes, yes. That he, he had, that a, he had you know, to run to the church to be safe and run out of his home. Like absolutely. not to this, it didn't end in like he was, that, that this person, cause they're non-binary. So that they right, right. were- living on the streets or becoming a prostitute or went right, to drugs, Right, that they, that they went to Jesus. And went to Jesus and somebody was there. And somebody, somebody was, there was there to there. say, this Absolutely. is exactly Absolutely. where you can be saved. Absolutely. And Absolutely. not, I will change this chi- this child's heart, but I will change the person that thinks that you are somehow not living in divine in divinity because you are a non-binary person the salvific
1: and exactly the salvation, salvation is in the not, person that, absolutely that said that there you don't is. belong absolutely absolutely was absolutely like, well that
0: won't was she do it <laughs> liberation theologians coming out
1: i was just like oh it was so powerful so powerful i, I, I absolutely love that moment it and i love me that it wonder happened about- in the church it, it happened in the four walls
0: it happened in the, four walls. It it, in the four walls but it happened in the four walls in a way that was about those who are often put on the margin were mm. now being centered and that's why it could happen in the four walls. absolutely absolutely if it and was it, that he was at if it was that lance was at church and then the child walked in that wouldn't have worked no no
1: no and I love that there was somewhere like there was a place that was already prepared mm-hmm. to receive them. It was curated. <laughs> it was curated. Yes. <laughs> it, was it was curated. curated. They, the pla- there was a place that was already there for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I, and I, you know, I, I, I tell you, I, um, I too have not given up on the institution. Like that's that's not even mm-hmm. there, there, there are too many amazing things that mm-hmm. are happening. And I ain't even seen a you know a fifth of it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am excited. Um I'm I'm not discouraged. I am um um I, I you know I I'm careful about the spaces that I inhabit.
0: But also you are clear about where your ministry lies. And I think oh, that doubt, is an important doubt. that I can be all four churches, Sunday morning worship. I just started going back. I saw, went to church two Sundays in a row recently. And I had, I gave, I was like, I can't do the Sunday morning thing. First of all, it's too damn early. Second of all, <laughs> I got other things to do like sleep. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah and when I go to when I go to the four walls, they just annoy me often and cause me lots of annoyances. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I can't do it. Yeah. Um, but there yeah, was something so nice about going to church. The two things that I remember was going to church. It was a church that I had left a while ago because we imploded and then I just couldn't do it. Um, but I went to church with a man I used to take to church every Sunday. And all these old ladies were like, Tamara, Tamara. And I was like,
1: I'm wanted. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Oh, right. Absolutely.
0: This, yeah.
2: is, this is nice to have grandma want me. That's a,
1: You know what? And I, I wonder... Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm working on a, uh, I'm, I'm writing a couple of um, historic pieces that center, uh, again, the compassion of Black women. And one of the Black women that I am most curious about was the Black woman who sat next to Dietrich Bonhoeffer when he was in the States um, and Hitler's, you know, running, you know, wild.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And he is here. And instead of being in the white, churches he's like he spends two years at a black church Mm. and then he returns to germany to plot to kill hitler they're like this motherfucker is like not going we can't be sitting here like you know Mm -hmm. there was something robust about the spiritual tradition that he witnessed you know with 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 our Mm -hmm. you know Amy's and 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 he was in
0: harlem because he was at union
1: okay that's what i'm talking (laughs) about you know what i'm saying (laughs) it's like so uh so i wonder about um the 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 rootedness of uh, of what he experienced that caused him to leave and to say look we look like, we 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 gotta do something we can't do nothing mm-hmm. and then for his you know uh you know plot to be um be foiled, foiled and he writes the book on ethics mm-hmm. i am endlessly fascinated by what black woman caught his uh fan the flame of his imagination mm-hmm. of what was possible
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I wonder if she just gave him a piece of uh, uh, butterscotch candy. Candy. A piece of peppermint. <laughs>
2: uh-huh. I don't know
1: if she gave the fan. I don't know if she yeah. cried. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But I am curious mm. about. um. That is a good story to write. Heard. I'm telling you, we are powerful and they too often try to dismiss us. Mm-hmm. But I promise you, she, she's sitting there with a, a, a purse full of butterscotch, <laughs> peppermint. I don't know which one, but I do know. That her kindness, her compassion, mm-hmm. her gentleness, the mm-hmm. fact that epigenetics is real mm-hmm. and she's carrying the weight of all of the stuff, all the shit.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All the shit. Maybe her children, you know, when they were young, they sat on her lap and they grew up, they sat on her heart and she still sat in that pew and mm-hmm. she sat next to him. Something mm-hmm. deep and rich and abiding that is germane to black women and our compassion and the way that it travels the world but the way that they continuously try to diminish us and then we end up taking on um, that uh, that that thing there but it but but the, the black church is powerful i believe because black women are compassionate and present and consistent and we you know we we connect we hear uh, and we and we're not giving up. You know, we're not giving up on the thing. Everything is growing and evolving, and even those who will come after us, um, you know, God will uh, will take them even deeper and uh, and and higher in their
0: insight. Especially so when I, you believe in that Black Jesus, like when you understand the Black listen, Jesus.
1: Listen, be very it clear. Just,
0: it makes it it makes the gospel very clear. It transforms the way that I, as someone who has gone back and forth. <laughs> And yeah. seminary, in many ways, can be the thing that separates us from God. In in many ways, because it it academic, it makes everything academic, mm-hmm. and um, up in your head and not in your heart. Mm-hmm. And so, I think post seminary, having the head stuff, but then we've been in a global pandemic.
1: So <laughs> well, you know, but what's so interesting. But there are so many reasons why people end up in the you know the four walls of the you know of of the institution like you know of the ivory tower, um, and I met so many people from around the world who had very interesting um, experiences and reasons for being there, and so I feel like it is the um, Western construct mm. of of Jesus that gives us this sense of like it's all heady in and, and the head, and one of the gifts for me when I was in seminary was um, I literally unplugged from the rest of the world and I got to do what I absolutely love to do. And I'm very gifted at, as read and write. Mm -hmm. So I got to sit with this content and I got to process it and I got to process it with people from around the world. And I got to join um, different spiritual formation groups, uh, some that were offered on campus, experiences, uh, panel discussions, all of these different things, uh, they gave me agency. They gave me opportunity. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I was able to, um, you know, to, to declare agency over what it is that like, okay, not this, like something is going on here. I need to hear like what's happening in this space. Um, or I'm really lonely over here and Mm -hmm. this doesn't feel good. Uh, Mm -hmm. so seminary for me was, um, a space to, you know, to heal from, you know, I, I just terminated a 12 year love project, you know, also called divorce. And, um, I needed to, um, I just needed to not be for And so, so then, to
0: def- what got you to seminary? Like, can you talk more about that?
1: yeah, of- so um, my first seminary was actually um, Dallas Theological Seminary, uber conservative. Um, I was in my late 20s, I think, and um, I was, you know, having a, you know, a, a crisis of existence. <laughs> I'm like I'm doing the corporate thing. I, you know, I go to college. And I'm like, I want a corner office. I want an expense account. I want mm-hmm. a house. I want a new, or like a sports car. Mm-hmm. I had all that shit by 24. And I'm like, oh my God, like what uh, am I like, supposed to be? You know, it was really, really interesting, um, you know, being in the space, And then um, I'm on my way to the airport, actually going to pick my mother up. Uh, we were on our way to, um, to vacation in Canada and I have a, a one car accident and my airbag deployed. And I don't know if you've ever been in the car when the, when the airbag deployed, but it's like, it's an explosion. Yeah. And so my face is on fire and I'm like thinking my skin is all peeled off. I don't know what's happened. Mm-hmm. And, uh, basically I had, I was driving a, a, a red Toyota Celica and I was trying to like hop on and off of curbs, trying to get out mm-hmm. of the Houston traffic. And, uh, I scraped the bottom and, and the airbag deployed. So it, it triggered it. And, and And that's what happened. But at the time I thought that my life was over. And then, Um, it threw me into this crisis where I'm like, well, what if my life had been over at this point,
2: Mm -hmm. you
1: know, I'm with a company that says it loves me and demonstrate this love Mm -hmm. for me by promoting me and doing all of the things. But it's like, I don't want them to be in control of my life. Like, you know, I I, I can't have a say in, you know, Mm -hmm. what I go, what I do, what, you know, what I'm about Mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, um, in that experience, I had a conversation with my then pastor who had said to me, had I ever considered seminary? Cause it's like, I literally didn't know what was going on. He um, was like, had I considered seminary? And I was like, don't that make you crazy? And he was like, well, if you kind of already there, then it might. Um, <laughs> but he told me that um, he wanted me to be trained at Dallas Theological Seminary, which is where he was trained because he wanted me to be trained conservatively. And he's like, and then you can, you know, bend, you know, um, later on, he's like, but I want you to have a conservative um, base. My first class stay at DTS, was very much the epitome of, I think I'm going to cuss the motherfucker out. Mm. I don't think that I, I, I don't know what this is, but I stayed there because I trusted him. And then uh, when um, I ended up leaving, you know, like I did like a year or whatever, and like re- uh, remote learning their um, uh, Houston location. And I was like, you know, what, uh, you know, I, I did get a, a, a true sense that seminary was where I was supposed to be. I, was supposed to be I just, I couldn't, <laughs> you know, I, 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 I couldn't, I didn't know what was going on and, and he and I talked about calling and, you know, we, you know, so he, he was, um, he was my spiritual, um, director. Okay. Uh, and so, um, and, and very much, you know, team Lex, like he, he was a fan and he, he knew how spiritually, um, sensitive and intuitive I was. Um, but there, but he's also very conservative. And so there's this way in which like what you were describing early, it's like, it's kind of all in the head. It's all in the head.
0: What and what 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 did you feel called to do at the time when you were having? So, um, I just
1: felt like I needed to know more. So it wasn't like I'm called to go join the Peace Corps, or go on the mission field, or pastor a church. It was like, can I just read and figure this shit out? Like I, it it was this. It, it just it felt very um, inauthentic for people to say that God has full sight. God understands we see us through a glass dimly lid, but everybody was trying to fucking know
2: mm-hmm. and
1: mm-hmm. nobody could admit that they didn't know. Mm-hmm. Because if you say you don't know, then you can't really sell. <laughs> you can't sell the product. You can't sell the product, right? You gotta be like, you know, like, you know, Certainty so, is a
0: product that you're supposed to be selling. And Exactly.
1: I'm like, right. It was this. so it was, it was really, really bizarre. So like in all earnesty, I did not know. I just know that I needed to know more. Mm-hmm. And I trusted, you know, that he said, like, this is where I want to be trained. Okay, bad. Like, I, you know, I'll do it or whatever. But um, it, it never, you know, it, it, it didn't click. I'm like, this shit ain't free. And it was very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have all of these different rules. Like, you can't, you know, be a pastor. You can't lead me and you can't do this. You got to mm-hmm. sign this doctrine statement. It's all that. like, okay, fuck it. I'll sign up, you know, because again, I'll, I don't want to pass anyway. Like, I'm, I'm just here trying to know what I, what I, what I don't know so when i leave there and i'm like okay i i i don't know what i don't know what i'm supposed to, supposed to do but i i i will continue to figure it out and at that point i'm also um in this marriage and i'm like what the hell is going on here and i've also released a uh, young adult uh, novels um a novel series centering black girl sweetness and, uh, and Black Women Compassion and, uh, and doing so for reluctant reading teens and preteens. And I am telling them, hey, if you make smart choices, you're going to you know reap a, 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 a beautiful life. And I'm sitting there like, my life ain't beautiful. <laughs> I'm not reaping a beautiful life right now. And uh, so there were so many things that just did not align. And I'm like, what the hell?
2: And Sounds so like I just
1: late 20s, early 30s. Oh, my goodness. It was, well, actually, it was uh, so my late 20s is when I got married.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But by my mid 30s, I was like, what is this bullshit? I don't know mm-hmm. what this is. I only know that I love Jesus. I don't want to be divorced. I want my life to matter. I don't want my life to be in vain. Mm -hmm. I have. I operate with integrity. Uh, I tell the truth about what I feel. I tell the truth about what I know and what I don't know, and even
0: nail like some things that I thought I knew. Don't know. This shit is shifting. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's how you know you're learning more. Is that you don't you know
1: less? (laughs) The devil. And so, what I realized, and this is just me, um, like you know, it's, it's hindsight, but um, when I when the relationship just became, um, uh, this was just not, <laughs> uh, a series of things happened, and I finally just had to make a big girl decision,
2: mm-hmm. and say
1: I choose to no longer be in this space, mm-hmm. and uh, gave my uh, my ex husband and our pastor, a look, I got six months. I've been accepted into Fuller Seminary in LA. Six months, I'm out of here. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm moving to a LA for school. So they didn't think I would leave. And truth be told, I was hoping that God was going to come in and like partner, you know, do that like partner the Red Sea miracle, <laughs> and was going to restore everything. It was going to be beautiful, and I was you didn't know be- that
0: that was the miracle. The party Listen, of your relationship was. The I miracle. did not.
1: I did not. I didn't realize that because uh, one of the things that I had also, you know, growing up in the church had been taught was that, you know, well, I knew God hates divorce, but I also mm. thought that God loves marriage and loves the family and wants us to stay together. And, and that there is like, you know you can make a wrong decision. Like, oh my God, what if I go to LA and you like right here in, in the Midwest and you like, what if I leave? Like I, I had no clue what was going on, but um I had I had set a date. I was like, okay, look, um uh, the end, by the end of December, uh, you know, the first of January, I'm out of here. And so I'm stacking money. I'm, you know, you know, just, you know, but I'm waiting. I'm I'm hoping for that miracle, right? November 5th, um, 2010. I am uh two weeks earlier. We had just celebrated, celebrated our 12th anniversary and he had gotten me some jewelry some little trinkets like he like bro didn't like spin like he didn't drop a grip on that jewelry
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: but he did get us like a night in the conrad and i'm thinking okay wow maybe everything is working out maybe it's working out mm-hmm. and then two weeks later which which was about like the 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 amount of time that he could like kind of oh keep the farce mm-hmm. uh so november 5th was two weeks later 8 5 a.m i it happened again. And all I could do was think, I wanna kick my own ass for believing that this thing could work. Mm. I have 12 years of evidence of what this bullshit is. And I am still sitting here like, God, are you
0: gonna do something? Like what's, what's going God on? I was like, I did something. I made him do something wrong again. <laughs> but
1: here's, but here's, here's what's crazy about this though. So I spent that whole day plotting to commit a felony. Or oh. to die by suicide oh.
2: the entire
1: day. I all that's all I could think. And I'm oh. doing every, I'm doing all the spiritual practices to change my thinking. I oh. am praying. I'm reading my anchor scriptures out loud. I am inserting my name in them. I have the inspirational music on. I have done the prayer walk. I have journaled. I have done all of the things. And by six o'clock that night, I'm now sitting in front of my comfort food, my favorite soul food meal, fried catfish, hot water cornbread, uh, collard greens, and sweet tea. And I am bawling uncontrollably mm-hmm. because I could not stop thinking about committing a felony or dying by suicide. And finally, after having done it all day, by six o'clock that night, I'm sitting in this restaurant crying. I text my friend, Kai in Houston. I can't stop crying over my catfish. And she texts back immediately. She was like, well, shit, tell him to recook it. And for the first time that day, I laughed. <laughs> and then I replied, like, laugh out loud and, you know, type something else. My phone rings and see it's Kai. And so I answered. I'm like, oh, I can't stop thinking about committing a felony or, or die by suicide. And Kai is real cool. She ain't. She's not moved at all. She says, well, real cool. Well, if I... Um, I get a vote. Um, I, I vote for the felony. <laughs> she said, I come put money on your books. I don't know where they put you in prison for murder, you know, in a, in Indianapolis, but, you know, I'll make it out there when I can, but I promise you, like, you're going to be sitting in the commissary, so, like, you you know, you, you're going to be able to go to the commissary, you're going to be able to stop, stop till you drop. I am now cracking up laughing, right? Mm-hmm. So she's like, well, what happened? So I tell her, and um, in the <laughs> in the middle of the conversation, uh she says, Well, you know what? And she goes, and instead of um committing a felony, why don't we look up some classy misdemeanors you can do? And that way, <laughs> I love this friend. And that way, you know, they could just give you anger management classes and maybe some community service hours. <laughs> I am howling, laughing, but Kai is not. And so when I stop laughing and I, I get quiet too, she says, or you can leave. Mm-hmm. You've done everything you can to be there. It's not working. There's no shame in leaving. Mm-hmm. That night or the next day, I booked my flight to LA to house hunt. And six weeks later, um, uh, December 23rd, I was out of there. Um, when I get to LA, I'm in seminary. Um, none of this is 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 the part, like none of this is on my, um, uh, it's not on my good on paper plan none of it, I'm literally laying the tracks as I'm, I'm steering the train. And I'm here now though, and so I'm making it be, and, and LA is like a very exciting city. And Fuller had a lot of great programming. and I loved my time there, but this is not how I, uh, how I prayed, this is not what I asked for. I'm like this, this whole thing is just, it's off and it's very different.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the best thing I could be is just here reading and writing and, and being in, in the space. And, um, you know, seminary is very, you know, intensive. And so you Mm got to keep, you know, keep up with everything. But one day I had a moment of clarity. It was like there was this crack um, in my veneer where enough light seeped in, where it felt like I'm an imposter. Like I, my life is proof that things fall apart. I did all of the things. I don't know if I could leave here credentialed, go out into the world and tell other folks, hey, follow the script, pray, mm-hmm. do the spiritual disciplines. It's going to work out for you. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I could no longer do that. My life was proof that that's not how it worked. Mm-hmm. And so one of my favorite therapists, uh, Ann McQuake, used to point to her head and say, look here, don't go up here by yourself, take somebody with you. Mm-hmm. And so when I'm having those thoughts, I call. Uh, one of the uh, Old Testament scholars, she's a sister, and I scheduled a meeting with her, and when I meet with her, I tell her, you know, um, what I was thinking, and that um, I had followed the script, and I did everything the script said I was supposed to do, but I did not get what the script said I was supposed to get, and now I don't believe that I can, you know, with integrity, uh, leave here and tell other folks, hey, you got, you need to follow the script, Mm. and after she stopped laughing, (laughs) she said, well, the first thing you need to recognize is that the The directive was not for you to, um, you, you weren't told to follow the script in order to get the thing. Mm. The directive was to simply follow the script. And she said, because you live in, because we live in a transactional culture, mm-hmm. we're all the time looking for the payoff uh, for doing the thing. And um, she said, but the truth is you can't control other people. You can't control your spouse. You can't control your children.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He says but if what you're really looking for is a promise of god to which you can anchor your life it is this she leans in and she says lo i am with you always and that's not a little thing that's the whole game and at that point sis my whole being was um my whole way of of remembering what had happened, everything shifted. You see, I had been thinking that if I go to the West Coast, God was going to stay there in the house and I would be there by myself. When in truth, I went back and what I now hear Jesus saying is, hey Lex, Lex, you stand. Lex, you stand. Okay, I'm with you. Or Lex, Lex, you leaving? You you're leaving Lex? Okay, I'm with you. Lo, I am with you always. And I am preparing a place for you. (laughs) Listen, I'm going to tell you, and it was just enough for me to know that God was with me because Mm -hmm. so much of what had happened had been, you God, like, you you could be cursing your life. Everything could fail, fall apart because God was there and not here. Mm -hmm. And it was very empowering for me to know Lo, I am with you always. That's the that's the promise of God to anchor your life. That's the promise of God to which I anchored my life to. And it's in that space that um I know it's a long ass way to No, this is perfect. Actually, (laughs) this is about to be the beginning of the episode. It it was in that, in that moment, in that space, in that awareness, that um like the answer with the most integrity for real is is I don't know but I'm watching as I reviewed everything in reverse, what it feels like to simply practice fidelity and to do the honest thing in this moment. What is this moment calling you to? Earlier, I told you this moment was calling me to think about why am I feeling so demoralized? Well, don't start your day with Twitter. Uh, Mm -hmm. Read more of your meditation text. Uh, You have agency. You ain't got to figure out like what's going on you know, where, you know, over in that space where you don't know the agenda of the people who are curating. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it is that certain things end up being um, more popular than others. Somebody is mm-hmm. curating some shit. Are they doing it to, um, you know, in order for me to, uh, to, to live out my highest, my best, to feel my best?
0: No, they're curious about how you can
1: buy more products because you feel like shit. Listen, I'm gonna tell you, but Imani Perry and, and looking for Lorraine, like sis had, she got a word for me. She's encouraged, she, 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 the scholarship, the research that she's done. She's like, listen, we've got to know that black women have been showing up and doing the thing and you are without excuse. You walk in that legacy, you continue to do the mm-hmm. thing. And there is so much more that will happen that you won't know, but just show up and do right. Show, do good,
0: do, do good, be good. Um, do what feels good, you know. It, I mean, it, 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 that's better. my every therapy session right now is, Tamara, what do you desire? how do you live Mm. in your pleasure listen desires and i'm like i don't understand what is happening right now listen i'm gonna tell
1: you when i realized that um jesus jazz and dessert wine were like true eternal loves of mine then i became really clear about how I could curate, I could walk into spaces like I could do things. There's something about me in wine bars or, or jazz clubs or something
0: that just feels good. That was it, my ministry. Holy, totally. did I tell you this? Oh, we haven't talked about that. So this was the thing that I wanted more than anything else was to be a bartender priest. Really, this is like <gasps> my this is like my retirement plan. I want to oh open my. a bar. It's called Quiet Bar. We listen to NPR from four to six, so you can get your news. Uh, (laughs) If people start to talk too loud, y'all need to shut the fuck up, calm it down, uh, so that people can hear each other's conversations. Unless you're saying something spirited, which is valid. Um, A bartender priest. priest, That was because I was. I was just like, that's what most bartenders in my twenties. When I would sit at a bar, I would have more conversations about God on a bar stool than I did in a congregation. Wow. I was a faithful church girl. I went to church every Sunday. I was on the wow. committees. I did the things. I served every Sunday.
2: Yeah. Um
0: I was discerning priesthood and I would have more conversations about my faith on a bar stool than I did in a pew. Wow. It is so interesting how you followed
1: the 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 kind of the track uh and yet the the discernment process was so or the spiritual formation Was not in those in the you know in in those four walls, but on those bar stools. And I think that's the part that's
0: fascinating. That's the part that was. So when I came home to a more traditional space, I think I could have gotten away with it in Vermont, and in New York City, in my particular diocese, that expression of priesthood did not comply with the institution. Their understanding of where a priest does ministry is not on a bar stool. It's not. Yeah, I was
1: gonna, I'm gonna say. Yet,
0: they the most yeah. alcoholic people I ever met in my life. I cannot still- drink under a priest. I can you. I when I hang out with priests, I'm just like, whoo, my liver. let me, whoo, baby Jesus. I don't think I can hang with y'all. Um, says something about the priesthood. But, uh, but what it makes me think about. I, there were a couple of things that you said. I'm gonna have a moment again. Is, um that on paper plan has a result like this is a mm. big thing my therapist has been about mm. she's yeah. like Tamara are you um we were talking because i hate manifestation i think that's bullshit in my mm. my world i'm like i can't i people make choices i just get to make some choices yeah uh yeah. but and she's like you can't where which where you focus on is where you're is what grows and i was like okay i can get i can get there i can get yeah. that if yeah. that's what we mean yeah. by manifest i can right. get there right. Right. right right that's good that's good um, mm-hmm. But then uh, she was like, are you tied to the outcome of the situation? Are you Mm. entering a situation with a certain intention about how you want, what what you desire? Not the outcome of the situation, but like Mm. I desire to feel sexy. I desire to be attractive to other people. I desire to have a good interaction. Mm. I desire Mm. to have a fun conversation. So even if the outcome, like, I talked to some dumbass dude who ain't got shit to say. Like he thought I was sexy and that shit was funny to talk to this dumbass dude that ain't had shit to say. <laughs> it was entertaining. <laughs> Wasn't exactly the outcome I desired, but <laughs> I could, the part I could control, I could show up. And there so it, it, yeah. It, it, yeah. it makes me think about the ways that we think that prayer or like following the path or having mm. a good plan mm. or people who are like, what's mm. your five-year plan? What's your goals? Mm. Blah. Mm. I'm like, I mm. have given up on goals. Yeah, wow. I have given up on okay, five-year I, plans. I, look, I'm, I'm going to be um,
1: charting um, and praying over um, bartender priests. Okay, thank you. <laughs> you us. can like, I, somebody I, else chart yeah, my goals. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you that is... Um, that is so powerful. I, I I
0: think that that's gonna happen before you retire. Mm. I hope that nobody else take your idea and then like. I mean, they know. should. Some the people do this. They do theology on top, but I think the thing about understanding no, not theology on top. I hear both. No, this it's a little different for me. The liturgical space is not about those four walls. The liturgical right. space is happening when because when you said. I don't know my whole world, fall, things fall apart and how yep. can I authentically lead people when I don't believe yep. that the plan, that is the people that need to be leading people. Absolutely. I, I now get it.
1: Right. And, but I'm grateful that I had to hear it in a way that I, that wasn't hyper-religious, mm-hmm. that wasn't um, giving me like your, your platitudes. Right, right. Tell me the fucking truth. Yes. The promise of God to anchor your life to is low. I'm with you always. And that's not a little you can't control mm-hmm. other people. Mm-hmm. God goes with you. Where are you going? You stay in mm-hmm. you leave it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You hear you there. The Lord is with you. Like that became a thing to which I could, I, I could, I could grasp that.
0: She said it in a way that I could hear. That is a good one. And it was powerful. Yeah. Cause yea, though I walk in the valley of the shadow of death. Like that's God is with me. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Tell me, I'm telling you, I am not
1: doing this alone. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, and, and if, i don't wait it you know it's like i'm not putting you know everybody on par with god i was like look i got the sovereign power I'm like what what mm-hmm. you go ahead of me when i'm doing my jesus jazz and dessert wine and like, what i just show up and just be intentional and honest and tell the truth about
0: the world <laughs> as i see it that's, that's all i gotta oh listen i have to just be my authentic whole self mm-hmm. I and then- this okay. is the other part that I'm learning as I'm I've hit 42, so I feel very grown these days. And, <laughs> um, but not everybody deserves my whole authentic self. Oh, uh, but hashtag facts. Hashtag and facts. so that when we were earlier talking about what, how do you show up and who shows up, I get it. I often felt like who showed up was dependent on who I thought was safe to show up in a space. Okay, because. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it it was about other people rather Mm -hmm. than now I'm thinking about who shows up because I don't, I want to protect that person. I'm protecting her from your bullshit. Like I don't, she isn't, or you don't even deserve to engage in her glory. You don't get, you don't get that beautiful part of me because you don't know how to hold space for her. And so I'm going to show up as my authentic self but maybe you don't have to see all of it because mm-hmm. you don't know how to hold space for it. And therefore you do not deserve that glory yeah. of yeah. that, authentic, that whole self. Mm-hmm. Some people mm-hmm. get that person, mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. don't know how to hold space for it. So I don't have to give it to you. I get, I get to choose. <laughs> Agency. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Agency. Yeah. I, what I, what I say, what I yeah. feel
1: like, I, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm at a point, so I'm 53. And so I'm not, you know, one who is, you know, uh, I don't need, um, you pass that the law 50 mark. Or principle. <laughs> I'm like very much, um, engaging my bliss. I know what my bliss is mm-hmm. and, uh, I know it feels good. I know it feels off. I know, um, when I need to, you know, trudge through, I know when life is calling me to pause and, you know, to process and to do the things it's like, there are some things that I'm, I'm, I'm not acting like I don't know when I know. Mm-hmm. And that feels, um, liberating because I do want to serve the common good in everything
0: that I'm Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of Pursuing Call. I can't wait to hear about how you are exploring God's voice so that you can participate in God's mission and dream for our world. Send your email and comments to Tamara at pursuingcall.com. That's T-A-M-A-R-A at P-U-R-S-U-I-N-G-C-A-L-L dot com. You can also visit pursuing.call.com to learn more about what I'm exploring and envisioning and thinking about. Thank you so much and have a wonderful and beautiful day. Go in peace to love and serve.